Hey, this is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA, and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary LA and enjoy the message. So legit, being who you are. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You, in, the, in, the, in the book of Genesis, Adam was created from the dust, an earthen vessel. But you have a treasure in the earthen vessel. That Here it is, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. And a treasure is simply um, what you are. You are a storehouse for precious things. There are precious things inside of you. You are a storehouse of a treasure. That treasure being Christ. That treasure being the Holy Spirit. That treasure being everything God has placed inside of you. We talked about this in Growth Track today that there is greatness inside of every person God created. And it's just, uh, we just need to um, discover what he put in there. But I'm here to tell you when it comes to you being legit and being who you are, it starts with God doing that for you. It's nothing that I do. I don't have to legitimize myself. My son, Dominico, he's four-year-old. He does not have to prove that he is my son. I will do that for him. I tell him, you are my son with whom I am well pleased. I speak in King James to him all the time. <laughs> but, 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 but what I'm saying is, and I don't, I actually don't. And if I do, my wife's like rolling her eyes at me, like, stop it. He doesn't understand what you're saying. But this is the thing is that God has legitimized his sons and daughters. When you are born again, he says, you are a child of God. Born again. That word child means to be born um, by a seed. So Dominico is my seed, has my DNA. He has, you know, he does not have to prove to himself, to me, or to anybody else that he is my son. And so this is my first point. It is God who legitimizes you. That's why you can say I'm legit because of what God has done. Because of what God has said. You might say, well, Pastor Sean, I've done some dumb things. So have I in the last seven days. I mean, some of you sinned just today, but it, I haven't done it for a few days. Come on, somebody. I, I understand that. I understand that we are frail, broken human beings. Every last one of us. Even the person with the microphone up on the stage inside church. I am a human being, but, but, but even I'm here to tell you that the grace of God is there to empower you to get through and get over and get past things. That he forgives you and washes you, but he'll empower you to not have to live in a life of torment and vexation. We may have moments of weakness, but the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Yeah. Hallelujah. It is God who legitimizes us. All right? Look at your neighbor and tell him, tell him this, say, God said I'm legit. Look back at him and say, so I guess I just must be legit then. You don't have to perform. You don't have to do all the good stuff all the time so God's happy with you. You, you are legitimized by God because of his love for you. The Bible says that it's not that you even love God. It's that he first loved you and gave himself for you. You are worth dying for. You are worth God himself crawling up into your body. 
You, you have a treasure in the earthen vessel, meaning you are a storehouse of something precious. Talk about legit. And I'm not taking away the things in life that made, made you maybe not feel legit, maybe not feel love, maybe not, maybe, uh, you know, things you've done or things done to you. I understand. Many of you know my story. I didn't, I didn't come from church. I came from a, a very abusive environment, a very, an environment that, that caused a lot of rage in me and anger and, 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 and insecurity and confusion. As a child, I was jacked up. But God's love legitimized somebody like me like I'm up in the family you know in the Old Testament there's this character in the Bible called Mephibosheth and his um, his uh, I believe it was his auntie right that or his mama that dropped him his nanny okay my wife she's the Bible teacher here not me but so he was dropped and back in the Old Testament like when when people were broken they're like they, you couldn't they couldn't you couldn't they were unclean they had to stay a distance from people you know and and this this uh, this individual um, was unclean his legs were busted I think he was five years old young kid something that was done to him that was not his fault but he had to go through life as, 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 as an identity of being illegitimate because of the uncleanness of an accident that happened to him. His name's Mephibosheth. And then, but then David, a king, made a covenant with the boy's daddy. And because of that covenant, when his daddy died, King David said, where's Mephibosheth? Bring him to the king's table. So broken, unclean, unaccepted outside of the promise of God and that's Jesus Jesus David's representative of King Jesus and King Jesus came to folks like you and me and said yeah you can sit at my table broke busted and disgusted thank you very much pass the potatoes come on somebody if you really look at it, all of us, we don't belong at the king's table. But because of his grace and a covenant, a promise that, that God made with his son, I have access because of their promise, not because nothing I did. Mephibosheth didn't do nothing but show up to the party. He didn't have to bring anything. One to potluck. Don't you like those parties? You can just show up. You're like, what should I bring? They're like, nothing. And then you, you're the type of person that says, no. And then you come with all kind of two liters of soda or something chips and salsa I'll bring the chips and salsa but here it is once again it is God that he sat at the king's table and people knew why is he here because the king invited him <laughs> why are you here Sean the king I'm, I was invited by the king you got a problem with it take it up with him <laughs> You don't like me, that's just fine. I'm, I'm not leaving the table. Come on, somebody. You're not, everybody, not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's supposed to like you. I'm not, you know what? But I'm here to tell you right now, we're at church. We want everybody at the table. We don't care what's wrong with you. We don't care, we don't care if you drool. You know, you can drool. That's fine. Here's a napkin. We don't care. You can, you can, you can eat with your mouth full. We're going to teach you some manners. But, but, but go ahead and enjoy your plate of food at the king's table. Some, some people are looking at like, don't you dare eat with your mouth open. 
So God in Christ has legitimized us. Here we go. He's legitimized us. That means he's authorized us. He has permitted us. He has sanctioned us. He has approved us. He has condoned us. He sustains us. He endorses us. And he supports us in Christ. Psalm, the book of Psalms, chapter 100, verse 3. Look at this. Know that the Lord, I'm going to read fast, and it is, it is in the notes on that. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Isn't that good to know? He legitimized us. He has made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. All right? If, if God has graced and empowered us with his spirit, here we go. I'm going to get into some things now. Uh, what does that mean for me when trouble strikes? Because it does. Anybody ever been through some trouble? Anybody ever been through some things? You know, anybody... Um, you know, there's things that I have caused some trouble in my life. And then there's things that it just happens. I feel like I'm just doing just fine. And I'm like, what in the world? Why me, Lord? It happens. It rains on the just and the unjust. And so I just want to encourage you with those things, some things in this word, in the scripture, if, and that God has legitimized us. But, but what does that mean for us when trouble strikes? Verse 8. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8. It says this, right after it talks about the treasure, it says we are hard-pressed on every side. And that means circumstances rubbing us the wrong way. That's what it means in the Greek, and making us feel confined. Have you ever been in an environment where you, you felt like people were just rubbing you the wrong way? Anybody ever just, do, just say the wrong thing, and you're like, well, they were rubbing me the wrong way? Yeah? yeah? Am I the only one? Okay, I got four honest people in here. <laughs> And so he said, we're hard-pressed. I mean, I'm legitimized. I'm loved by God. But just because God loves us and he walks with us doesn't mean you're going to feel hard-pressed. He's not going to take that away. It, trouble will strike. It is a part of life. I want to encourage you that. And we learned last week that God's going to use it, but we are hard-pressed on every side. That means that there's going to be times, there's going to be situations, there's going to be circumstances where we are feeling rubbed the wrong way and we're feeling confined. And the Bible says that we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We, we are perplexed. And this means to be at a loss mentally and, and not know what to do. Have you ever been in a situation where you were like, you know what? I honestly don't know what to do. I don't know. Perplexed. To be at a loss mentally. It's a mental thing. You are legitimized by God. He is inside of you. He loves you. His spirit is inside of you. But there will be times where you feel that you are at a loss mentally. It means this. In the Greek, perplexed means to have emotions that make you feel like there is no way out. There is no way out. Perplexed, but not in despair. You may feel like there's no way out, but there is always a way out. I want to encourage you that regardless of the situation, you might feel at times that you are perplexed, but you are not in despair. And that word despair means that there is no exit. There is always an exit. There is always a way out. I heard, you know, um, preachers, when I first kind of 
growing up in church, as far as once I got saved, they used to say, man, you got to have like a bounce back in your spirit. You remember those toys like the, the weeble wobbles, like you can hit them and it's like, and, and, so, and you got to be like a weeble wobble in the spirit. Spirit. So like when people slap you, just back. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Boom. Whoa, here, yeah, here, I'm back. How's everybody? Whoa. You got to be uh, bottom heavy, right, in the spirit. You got to have some weight inside your, your, your gut. You got to have some substance to hold you down when, it, when the wind starts blowing and the rain starts coming. Come on now. Right, you gotta be a weeble wobble because weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. You know, you gotta like, like matrix, right? Like, right, you need to go through the trial. I'm just fine. Some of y'all walking in church like this, like my wife, she's pregnant, but not like that. For real, like my wife is so pregnant now, right? She'll be walking and she will drop something, like just. And she'll like step back from it, kind of try to look around her belly and just wait for me to pick it up. <laughs> she'll be like, hon. <sighs> Has nothing to do with my message. But we got to help each other out. I mean, come on now, we're the body of Christ. Every part does its share. And sometimes when folks are dropping things, you gotta be there to pick it up for them. Because they're pregnant with destiny. They got a treasure inside of them. And for them to birth that thing, they need some help when they drop stuff along the way. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Look at your neighbor, say, I'm pregnant with purpose. Tell them purpose, purpose, purpose. I see Amaya talking to her mama, and she's like, I am not telling my mama that I'm pregnant, because I am not pregnant. <laughs> pregnant with purpose. You know the word worship in the Bible, yada. Everybody say that with me. Say yada. yada. Spelled Y-A-D-A in Hebrew. It's the same word used when the Bible says Adam knew Eve. And when he knew Eve, Eve got pregnant. So I'm here to tell you right now, if you worship, you can't help but get pregnant with purpose. Worship is the bedroom timbre of your spiritual walk with God. Come on, one of the definitions of worship means to kiss. It's intimacy. Worship ain't a song, it is not music. We got a lot of music out there, and I love music. But worship is spiritual. Worship stirs my insides, takes me to a different place. Worship is something where I, God stirs and he literally puts something inside of me, starts making my baby jump. All right, that's a side note. It's not in the notes, but there you go. That was free. All right? So, so here it is. Here's my second point. The pressure won't crush you, but there's going to be pressure. You're legitimized by God, but here we go. What does that mean when I'm walking with God, though, Pastor Sean? What does that mean? That when you are legitimized and you have the Spirit of God inside of you, you will have pressure on you, but that pressure will not crush you according to the Word of God. You might feel pressure. Some of you are like, why am I feeling pressure? Because you are on the planet, people, and that's what happens down here. But if you have God, you're walking with God, you're putting your trust in Him, and you're trusting that you are a son and daughter by His grace and His goodness, you will experience pressure 
hard pressure at times, but you will not uh, be in despair. You will not, you will have an exit every time. All right, here's the next one, verse 9. Persecuted. See, this is, I'm just trying to encourage you today. Uh, you, know, you know, you're going to be hard-pressed. <laughs> you're going to be perplexed. And now next up, you're going to be persecuted. That means people and things in life. And that, that word persecuted means people literally. You're going to have times where you're going to feel like, man, people are after you. People are trying to hurt you. There are people out there trying to hurt you. There are people out there that the devil's trying to tear you down through. It means to pursue, to hunt down, to aggressively chase. You might feel like at times you're persecuted for what you're walking through. I know there's somebody here that got baptized last year and her family would not come because of the statement of faith she was making in Christ. Walked in the door here in tears, persecuted. But the Bible says you may be persecuted but not forsaken. The word forsaken in the Greek means helpless. You, you might be done wrong by people, but you are not helpless. You might be, it might feel like somebody's aggressively coming against you, but you are not abandoned. That's the beautiful thing about persecution. Yes, I said the beautiful thing about persecution, because when you are done wrong by people, it is an opportunity to experience the love of God in a way you can't experience otherwise. I know it's quiet. Because there's times when people do us wrong and life does us wrong. I'll be honest with you, man. There's times I'm going through things and I look back going, man, God, um, you, you know, that, that, that situation really caused me to pray a little more. <laughs> I know we should pray all the time, but I'll be, a, can I be honest with you here that when things happen to me like that, it's just something like, man, I just want to be with Jesus. I just, you know, it's just something that, that, that God will use it to drive you into his presence. You never realize how bad you need them until those jokers out there start doing you dirty. And you're like, man, can nobody do me like Jesus? That ain't just a cute gospel song. That is real at times. So here you go. Here's my, here's my next point, my third point. You may feel lonely, but you're never alone. You may feel, you know, you will feel lonely at times because of life and your emotions. It's just part life read the book of psalms you know and and just the whole narrative in that book all those you know all those songs and stories talk about feelings of loneliness but then in god's presence i might feel alone but i am never alone he will never leave me nor forsake me persecuted but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed when Christ is in you, there's times you're going to feel it's going to be like you got struck down, but you will not be destroyed. God has the final say. I said, God has the final say. I said, God has the final say. I'm going to say it again. God has the final say. It's not, it's not over until God says it's over. And sometimes God will just let people question what you're doing and what, and then you just, you just stay in God's presence. You keep worshiping. You're going to pop back up like a weeble wobble. And they're going to be like, well, Lord, forgive me for gossiping about that person. Come on now. They're, they're, you, you will not be destroyed. Struck down. Struck down. That's the reality of life. Struck down. I remember I was working for a CPA 
And man, and uh, I was liking it. It paid pretty good. Man, I got fired right before I got married. Called my, called my wife to be on my way home. Babe, babe, what's up? I got fired. You got fired? Yeah. You mean you don't have a job? Nope. But I love you, baby girl. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you the world one day. <laughs> I mean, this woman's about to move to California from Toronto. I mean, somebody say struck down. I mean, just to call her and tell her that. I mean, I don't, I don't like being fired. I'll be honest with you, man. But I don't know. Maybe I just challenged my boss a little too much. You know, I can have a mouth sometimes. So maybe, maybe I caused a little bit of it. I don't know. I didn't. I mean, you know, I'm not here to talk about how bad he was. I mean, he wasn't the best boss or anything, but, but um, I wasn't perfect. But somebody say struck down. Yeah. Well, what do you, I'm going to go find a job now. <laughs> I'm going to get a job before you get here, girl. I know we're planning for the wedding and all. <laughs> I love the Lord. <laughs> I love God. I mean, I'm going to continue to worship. <laughs> but I know what it's like to be struck down. You know, um, I, 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 you know, became a professional skateboarder at the age of 17. I mean, I was graduating high school and tra started traveling the world the summer I graduated. Did it for five years. Move, I felt like God told me to move down here from Northern California to, to do what God called me to do. And um, I... The, the, just because of my lack of proximity to my sponsor and manager and photographers up in, Northern, up in San Francisco, you know? I mean, I was no Tony Hawk or nothing, you know what I'm saying? Like, that brother could probably move to, like, backwoods of Kentucky and still make it, but I'm no Tony Hawk, all right? So, so I, but I felt like God called me, right? I'm 20, 20 years old. I was only pro two years in, and I'm like, I called my manager, and I was like, look, I'm going to move to Southern California. I'm going to obey God. Hallelujah. And they're like, all right, dude. So I moved down here, go to Bible college full time, um, and my, my income started to dwindle, started to go down. I'm like, God, what am I doing? Calling my dad. Hey, dad, uh, can you send me a little money so I could pay my rent this month, please? You know, um, just the process of that. Um, so I walk away from professional skateboarding thinking, okay, maybe that's just dried up right now. I was 23. Now kids don't even really get started in their rhythm till later than that. But I actually stopped as a source of income at the age of 23. Guess what, my, my first job, and I, I, I mean, just coming from that, just this was humbling, right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a professional skateboarder. My first job was wiener schnitzel. Somebody said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I need a job. But that was kind of humbling, you know? I mean, just last summer, I was in Europe and Japan and doing my thing and signing autographs and telling people about Jesus. Somebody say, struck down. I was at this wiener snizzle right there in the hood, man. And my, one of my coworkers was smoking heroin on his lunch break and just the environment. I was like, but I got to reach out to him, man. Brought him to church. He, went, he ended up going to prison, but I heard through people that knew him that he actually got radically saved in prison. Somebody say struck down, but not destroyed. And I just wanted to say those things to encourage you that your walk with God is never a straight line. I wish it was. Anybody, can I get a witness? Maybe that's a question we can ask God. Like, you told me all this good stuff, God. Why, like, you know, like over here and the destination. I'm not, I'm not going back here. And I'm, I'm thinking, no, God, over there. Right. 
and over here. <laughs> you know, somebody say struck down, but not destroyed. I'm here to tell you right now that, that here's my next point. You may fail, but you're, you aren't a failure. I'm talking about the Christ in you. No, you will fail. And actually, I'm going to encourage you. Hopefully, you are along the way. Because if you aren't, you're playing it too safe. All right? Me and my wife saying, man, we're going to pastor that church in Los Angeles. Mobile church. I mean, mobile. Church in a box. Pop-up church before pop-up was cool. We would, we, would, we would pop up church just because we had, we didn't have, we, that's all we had. We got, we got stuff in a van and we'll just pop it up, have church. And we have failed along the way. But I'm so glad that we're failing forward. See, that's the thing is you got to learn how to fail forward. You're legit. Fail forward. Fail. Get up. Keep going. As a righteous man falls seven times, gets back up. I said, a righteous man falls seven times, gets back up. And in those times when you feel like you don't know what's going on, you got to trust God with your next step. I said, you got to trust God with your next step. Struck down, but not destroyed. Destroyed means this. It means to cut off entirely. That's not going to happen to you. It means to lay dead. That's not going to happen to you because you can't keep a God man down. You can't keep a God woman down. God capitalizes on death experiences. Actually, I'm going to say this. God actually starts with death. In the natural world, life happens first, then death. In the spiritual world, death must happen first, then life. Marriage, death happens first, then life. The greatest, most blessed marriages in the world are the union between two dead people. Somebody say amen. Dead to myself, dead to the way I need things, dead to the way I, I like the toilet uh, paper to be put on the thing dead to the way <laughs> married covers are looking at each other like mm -hmm, yes that's right amen <laughs> dead people what makes your marriage so glorious the moments of glory are because I am dead <laughs> you can't offend a dead person dead people don't hit back not that my wife hits me I'm just, just saying she has felt like doing that faux show But God capitalizes. You may fail, but you are not a failure. God capitalizes in death experiences. Actually, the kingdom actually operates, and it starts with death as a seed, lest a grain of wheat. It's a kingdom principle. Lest a grain of wheat falls into the ground, and thank you for those that read your Bible. And it dies. Death. Welcome to Sanctuary LA. Death, die. <laughs> So you can live. Hallelujah. Die to, Apostle Paul said, I die daily. I, I got to die to what I want because there's somebody else that needs what God wants through me. Got to die to my plan and, and let that go. And God will do exceedingly abundantly above my plan. But I got to let go of what I think it ought to be so he can put on what he knows it should be. Come on now. Come on now. I know this is deep. Some of y'all are like, man, I was expecting like a happy message. Jesus loves me. He does. He loves you so much. He died for you. He started with death. Your life started with somebody dying, and his name is Jesus. And I'm telling you, the season you're in, there's something God's saying, man, let that go. 
let die to that. The, the, whatever it might be, let it go. Abram, said, he said, boy, go up and sacrifice your son up on that mountain. And Abram's like, all right, let's go, boy. I got my knife. Daddy, where are we going? We're going up to that mountain. We're going to worship. That's what he said. We're going to worship. We're going to worship. We're going to worship. And he, he, he was willing. He said, okay, uh, okay uh, I'll do this because if, if I do it, God said it, um, then he's going to have to bring this, this boy back to life. Because the boy, it, was, it was his boy, but it was the promise. So God can't entrust you with something. Here we go. That you're unwilling to give up. Hey, Jesus. Be the center of my joy. Man, I wish I could sing, but I can't. I won't do it. I'll say it again. God cannot entrust you with what you're unwilling to let go of. Somebody say death. Somebody say life comes out of death. Hallelujah. Anybody in here, you died to your addiction. How many of you got some life now? Come on now. You might have, you died to that ego. Man, you got some life now. I mean, it's hard to let go of some things. I'm going to be honest with you. When I first got saved, I mean, honest, I'll be honest with you, because I like to be honest, um, that it took me a year to stop smoking weed. It was hard to let go of that. But when I died to it, it was hard for me to let go of some things. It's not easy, but it's worth it. Because there's something attached to what you're holding on to that's bigger than you and bigger than what you think. And God, there was something attached to Abraham taking that boy up on that mountain. I mean, he strapped him down. It's like a horror movie. And next thing you know, there was a, what, a ram in the thorns, which is a representation of Christ's sacrifice. He says, it's okay. Don't kill him. You trust in me. The promise lived. But God will take us through a process at times and test us because what you're holding on to, there is something profound and divine attached to the thing that you think you ought to keep holding on to. I don't know if it's an attitude, if it's a way of thinking, if it's, if it's something you're trying to push with the, with the arm of your flesh and, your, and just your, uh, your um, base desires are pushing you in a direction and God's like, let go of it. Verse 10, here we go. Hallelujah. Persecuted, uh, verse 9, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. Verse 10, here it is right here, here it is, here it is. I know it's Sunday. I know we're going a little deep today, but I feel responsible to, to, to unfold. I, my heart here with this is to, is to speak to the core of who you are, the spirit, the, 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 the thing in you that is groaning for something more than what this natural world has for you. That is what I am responsible for, to, to bring you into a place of longing. I want you to walk out of here messed up. <laughs> I mean, just longing for God. That's something he's like, man, there's got to be more. 
than, than just this natural world and th- th- nothing wrong with um, engaging and living, but, but, but I'm talking to your spirit. I'm talking about the, the legit you, the son of God inside of you, the, the spirit of who you are. Verse 10, always carrying about in the body, the dying. Everybody say the dying. The body of Christ. Carrying about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why? Why death, God? Why death? Isn't it amazing, you know, that the very thing that nobody has control over, God defeated. I mean, you, you're going to die one day. I mean, everybody. Kids ask the most profound things. And I remember my wife's answer to my daughter was, Gia, everything... Uh, everything and everybody will die one day. I mean, we don't have any control, but Jesus stepped in and defeated the very thing that humanity has no control over. I mean, you could, you know what I'm saying? We try to kind of, we try to, you know, uh, find the vitamins and the oils that would kind of keep us young. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, we try, we dye our hair and stuff and that nothing wrong, but we try, we're trying. I mean, we're trying to look young. We're trying to, we're trying to stay hip with it, but we're, we're going to die one day. Come on, somebody. But here he is, always caring about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life, that the life, that the life of Jesus, that the life, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. The life of God is manifested in our life as ungodly things die in our life. The life of God is manifested in our life as ungodly things die in our life. Verse 11, I'm almost done. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. I know we don't, people do not want to read this scripture. I mean, this, I mean, I can't remember the last time I heard somebody share this with me. I got a scripture for you, Pastor Sean. The Lord wanted me to encourage you for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. That the life of Jesus, life comes out of death. Many times the things we're struggling with, my wife got a word last fall from God. And she writes in her journal. So she'll go back and I'm like, dang, God does speak to you. (laughs) And guess what God gave her? Surrender. We didn't know we were pregnant. I mean, not, I mean, she's pregnant. But we didn't know. God gave her words, surrender. And I remember her sharing it with me. She's like, I don't know what God's saying. Surrender. So when you have a surprise baby, um, that's what you call surrender in the parent world. It's a beautiful thing, but it's surrender. Come on, parents. Talk to me here. Any parents out there? Parents are in deep contemplation right now. (laughs) Parents are in deep contemplation. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then here we go. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm closing with this point here. So then death is working in us. Death is working in us. And it's a beautiful thing. Death is working in us, but life in you. So here's a spiritual leader saying, man, death's working in us. I'm dying to some things. Why? Because when I die to things, it's going to cause others to live. When, when my wife and I die to our life, guess what? Dominico, Giovanna, and Luciano um, are going to live. It's a, it's a perfect story. When, when, when somebody um, is, is, is single, and they just kind of do what they want for the most part, and that's great. Being single is a gift, as the Bible says. It's a gift. So all you single people, look at your neighbor and say, I'm gifted. 
Okay. Okay. Look at them. Look at single people. Look at somebody and say, I am a gift. Okay. I'm a gift. It's a gift. But when you get married, you're not single anymore. Come on, somebody. And I, we've counseled some married couples. And many times it's like, man, yeah, we really got through that first year. Because one or usually it's the man. Sorry, guys. But it's like he's like still doing his single thing. Like, hello, you have a wife at home. Somebody say amen. Somebody say death. You got to kill that single man. He don't live no more. This ain't. You got to kill. Now, I don't, I'm not saying wives kill the single man. I'm saying, ladies were like, yes, Lord. Yeah, we're going to talk today. We have to talk. One of those. We need to talk when you get home. That's in our marriage group. That's one of the things, ladies, you don't want to say to your husband. There's a different way to communicate it. We can help you with that later. Sign up at the Connect Corner. <laughs> Where was I? But yeah, death. Yeah, death. Um, but that, 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 that's over. If life is going to come in a marriage, the single people have to die. It's different. I'm going to tell you right now, I love single life. But I love me some married life too. And it's a difference. Because if you want life there, something's got to die here. Many times God will, God will speak to you. He'll give you a dream, a vision. But he don't tell you about the process. He's going to take you through it. Somebody say amen. God's got a promise for you. God's got a future for you. God's got a call on your life. And it's going to be, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's going to affirm you. Somebody say identity treasure, all that, boom, and then he's going to be like, I need you to stay obedient until it happens. I need you to stay in that place with God till it happens. Many of you in here, some of you in here, I know you should be dead, like literally, but you're not. Drug addiction, car accidents, God had a word, has a word on your life. And I'm telling you right now, God has a not yet. <laughs> I was in a crazy car accident when I was on tour skateboarding. Flipped the van, rolled it, busted my head wide open. God was like, not yet. And I was like, thank you, Lord. I know some people in this room have been shot multiple times. Guess what? God was like, whoop, he just scooted that bullet just a little bit. I mean, you still got hit with it, but he was like, no, not yet. Somebody say, not yet. I'm here to tell you, you got a not yet word over your life. Not yet. Suicidal. Tripping. Whatever it is, God's like, not yet. Verse 11 and 12. For we who live, for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our, in our flesh. So then, here it is. Here it is right here. Death is working in us. <laughs> Death is working in us and it is God's way. But life in you, what is he saying? As death works in us as a church community, life is going to work outside the community. As death works in us, it's going to touch somebody you're tied to. 
somebody you're connected to is going to receive life as you submit to the death process of things in your life. We are only as effective as a local community at our willingness to surrender and die to something. So somebody that's not in this room can receive life. We are more connected than you realize. Everything God is dealing with you on, everything God maybe might be pushing on, might be pressing on, it's because there's somebody in your life that needs life from you. But for them to receive life from you, God has to work death in you. Since we have this same spirit of faith, verse 13, according to what is written, I believe and therefore speak. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised, he who raised up the Lord Jesus. I mean, God got this death thing figured out. He's got the whole, I mean, everybody left Jesus on the cross, except the women. I always like to throw that in there. Women, they just knew something going on. I'm not leaving. All the dudes are like, I'm out. Ladies going to the tomb. Where's my Savior? You got this death thing figured out. The devil knew what was going to happen. He wouldn't have done it. God's got your process figured out. And he's going to raise you up. I'm coming out of this grave. He's got the death thing figured out. He knows he uses it to bring life. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus. Will also raise us up. Raise, I'm going to raise up. I'm going to level up. I'm going to rise up because of Christ in me, the treasure in me. I might go through a process of being buried, but I'm coming out the other side. It's only going to be three days. There is a time clock on your process, and it, God owns it. Here's my last point. We're going to pray. Here it is. Death in me means life in someone else. Death in me means life in somebody else. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary LA. Be blessed.